praise Jesus this morning in song. I want you to join us with all that you have. this morning and say hi maybe get their name if you already know them that's a good thing but it'd be nice to know somebody new today we're here today because god has called you here today in this place to worship with us and we are so honored so glad that you're here
have decided I called out his name I'm following Jesus now and he knows the way I've made up my mind I'll leave it behind no turning back no turning back I'm moving on. 
I may wander. I am not lost. So many distractions, but I, I look to the cross. I made up my mind. I'll leave it behind. No turning. Call out his name. Just call out his name. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. I'm following Jesus. Following Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Thank you. You may be seated. We just want to take a few moments and welcome everyone this morning to Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Yes, God is good. God is always good and he's always moving here. If this is your first or second or third time, I want to invite you to be here uh, as our guest. We're so glad that you're here. I want to invite you to stop by our welcome center. Uh, We have a gift just to say thank you for coming and we just want to welcome you here today. Just a few announcements real quick. We have our extravaganzas coming up, April the 1st. It's going to be a wonderful time out here on the field. We're going to have, we're expecting probably a thousand people for this thing. This is going to be exciting. Can we thank God for that? Amen. God is going to move. It's going to be a great day. There are, there are a lot of you that are signed up to help to serve, to help to volunteer. So there will be a volunteer meeting in the auditorium here at 12.15 or 15 minutes after we get done with the service today. It will be right here in the auditorium. Also, there will be another meeting on Thursday, March the 30th. So if you're volunteering for the egg hunt, we ask that you stay for those meetings, and we're happy about that. But I want to invite everyone to please do this. Take the invitation that's in your bulletin and hand that to somebody. This, this is our step of faith. We're going to invite somebody to the egg extravaganza. Somebody with kids, right? So this is, this is a kid event. So families are going to come up. That means if we have a 1,000 kids, you know how many people that means with grandparents and everybody that's coming to see their kids. It's going to be an incredible day. This is an opportunity for you to invite people to say, hey, come and check out what's happening at our church. And then we're moving right on to Easter, all things Easter. We have Good Friday coming up. That's on April the, April the um, 
the 7th there, Good Friday, just around the corner, we're going to have a night of worship and communion. As we come together, we're just going to worship the Lord, honor his name, and, and, and glorify him through, the, through what he has done on the cross for us. And we're just going to thank him. So I want to encourage you to be here for Good Friday, 7 p.m., and then Easter is on uh, April the 9th, Sunday, April the 9th. So we're gonna, we've added on an extra service. So there will be an 8 a.m., a 9.30, and an 11 a.m. 8 a.m. is as close as we get in this church to sunrise, okay? So that's 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m., Saturday at 6 p.m. So the, all services will be identical. And here's what I'm asking every one of us to do. As your pastor, I'm asking you, would you take this invite and go home and pray about it and say, Lord, who should I invite to Easter? Uh, and let's do this, and let's watch what God will do. 80% of the people say that they would come if they were just invited. 80%. So that's 8 out of 10 chances that if all you got to do is say, hey, would you come and be my guest, your friend will likely come. So why do we want them to come? Because God is good, and we want him to change their life. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Let's be praying about that. Easter's right around the corner. And then we have uh, just a few family matters here this morning I want to share with you. Um, we have Michelle Anton's mother passed away. That's Dorothy Lestition. Uh, Michelle's been a part of our church for many years, and so has uh, her mother, actually. So would you pray for that family, Dorothy Lestition's family, as uh, she will be viewed today from 1 to 6 over at, uh, at uh, Slater's in Large PA down there on Route 51. And then the funeral will be at 10 o'clock tomorrow over there at the funeral home. And then many of you also know Bob and Connie Brady who attend the church here. Her daughter, uh, Bob, uh, Connie's daughter, Beth, is a big part of our church, actively involved with our preschool here. Um, uh, Tom and, I'm sorry, Bob and Connie Brady's son, Tom, passed away unexpectedly yesterday. And so um, would you pray for them? There will be a viewing on Tuesday down here at Kegels from 3 to 6. And then we'll have the funeral service there at 6 o'clock on Tuesday, all right? So 3 to 6 on Tuesday and funeral at 6. So these, uh, these families are really hurting, and God's got, we just ask the, the Lord's presence to be with them. And I'd like to ask you, if you know them, to make your presence known to them. Just stop out, give them a hug. Hey, we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. Uh, maybe some of you know them. You want to drop a meal off or something to help them. I know uh, those are such great ways that we can reach out and show our care for these families. So... Uh, God is doing great things in our church. He's moving. Just to give you an update, Dave Eskins, you know, I asked you to pray for Dave Eskins with the liver transplant. Dave Eskins had the liver transplant uh, several weeks ago. He was uh, actually got his liver from his sister. It was a live donor, and so she was able to give half of her liver, and they take it over. And I was down there at the hospital at 5 in the morning. We're praying over them as they made this transaction happen. And uh, he is doing really, really well. And we thank God for that. So we're, we're excited about that. So I want to encourage you, and I'm sure you'll see Dave coming back into church here in just a few weeks after things get stabilized. And, and But he's, he's right on track is what they're telling us. So I just want to encourage you. God is moving and doing great things. Let's stand together as we pray. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving. God's been so good to you. And as you bless the Lord. Now check this out. The scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, right? Have you ever thought, you think of God blessing you. This morning, I want you to think about blessing God. You get to bless him through your worship, through your praise, through your giving. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Because as the Lord has blessed you, you're saying, I know who my creator is. 
I know who my Redeemer is, and I'm going to just, by faith, do what he says to do. Let's bless his holy name this morning. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. God, you are worthy to be praised. Lord, you have moved in this congregation this weekend. Lord, it's been powerful to hear and to see uh, the hand of God Almighty move. And so, Lord, I pray you'll continue to move this week as we open up your word and we look into your word in just a few moments. God, as we worship you now, I pray that you'll be blessed by your people, Lord. You'll be blessed by their serving, by their, by their fellowship. Be blessed by their worship as they sing to you. Be blessed by our giving to you, Lord, as we bless your name because everything we have comes from the hand of God Almighty. And so, Lord, as we respond to you, Lord, through giving, through the, the boxes on the wall or through the mail or through, through online, all the different ways that we give, Lord, we just are so happy. It's with a joyful and cheerful heart that we are able to say, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And so, God, we're blessed to be called your children. Thank you today, Lord, and I pray your, your hand of blessing on us now, Lord, upon this church as we seek to bless you, Lord. Do something powerful in our hearts in these next moments as we sing to you. Do something powerful in each, every heart as we open your word this morning and draw us close to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord and worship his name. Salvation through repentance at the cross on which you died. Now hear my absolution, forgiveness for my sin.
Your word, it stands eternal. Your kingdom has no end. Your praise goes on forever and on and on again. No power can stand against you. No curse assaults your throne. No one can steal your glory, for it is yours alone. I stand to sing your praises. I stand to testify, for I was dead. pray this morning. God, you are so wonderful. My goodness, as we sing that song to you, Lord, giving you praises, it is because of who you are that makes us who we are. Lord, we know that you died on the cross for our sins. And if we just confess it before you, Lord God, you save us from the penalty of being separated from you forever in eternal life. God, we want to thank you so much that not only do we accept you, Lord, but you have given us the example of baptism, as that song talks about. Being buried, Lord, in water and coming up in new life as in Christ. And so, Lord, we ask today that you will just help us to just really allow your, your words and your love to penetrate our hearts so deeply, Lord God, that we can do nothing else but shout your name from the mountaintops, that we can do nothing else but share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us, Lord. Thank you so much for being here in this room with us today, in our hearts today, Lord God, allowing us the privilege of serving you, Lord, until we meet you in eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the Messiah, for being the one that we worship and adore and is worthy only of all of our praise. We love you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated, please. We've been in a series, Jesus Is, and we've been looking at who who do you understand Jesus to be? Who is Jesus? And so uh, today we have a powerful opportunity. Uh, Jay Stokes is our missionary over to the Dem tribe, which is a tribal people in Indonesia. So him and Brianna and their family are here today. Their three children. We thank God for them. So I've asked him to come and speak. And you know, what, what a better person to speak in the middle of a series like this because they have taken Jesus and told people who've never heard the name of Jesus who Jesus is. 
So I want to encourage you. They were here in the summer, and he said that, uh, you know, he called a few weeks ago and said, hey, I'm going to be coming through. Would this date work? And I said, anytime you're coming through is a date that works. We love these people. They're fantastic, and God is doing such a powerful thing through their ministry, and we're so thrilled to partner with them. They're on our birthday gift to Jesus list, and we've been partnering with them for many years. So would you welcome Jay Stokes this morning as he comes and opens God's Word, all right? failed already. Good morning. Um, yeah, as Pastor Ken said, uh, we were here in the summer. For those of you who might not have been here, maybe traveling, you know, uh, visiting someplace a little bit nicer than Pittsburgh, although when you live overseas, I think Pittsburgh is the greatest place ever, but my wife will disagree and my parents will disagree also. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to give a quick recap of just kind of who we are, what we do, really, really quick. And then uh, we have a video that um, we showed last time we were here in the summer. So if you were here and you did see it and um, you don't want to watch it again, you get four and a half minute nap. And then you have to wake back up. Um, but uh, Pastor Ken said there might be a lot of people that were traveling over the summer. So just to show the video again. And then um, we'll get into what we want, what I feel like the Lord has kind of laid on my heart to, to share with you all. But uh, yes, we have three kids. And uh, we moved to Indonesia 12 years ago, and all with the goal to be part of um, establishing a church in an unreached people group. In the beginning, we thought we were never cut out to actually go into the jungle. We were going to live out in town and kind of do a su support role behind the scenes. But as we see throughout Scripture, God can use um, anyone, literally, to do His work. And so He just kept laying it on our hearts to actually go interior and so we moved into the tribe, the Dem tribe, uh, about eight and a half years ago. They were unreached, undocumented uh, language in a people group. They never had access um, to the Bible. That Their language had never been documented. So never written down, no written form to their language. And um, we moved in there eight and a half years ago. Our team, there's a team of four families when we moved in, learning their language, study their language, creating an alphabet, put it into written form. We have a literacy class where we're teaching them how to read and write their own language um, because our ultimate goal is to translate God's word into their language, and if they can't read the Bible, that would kind of be pretty stupid, right? Um, am I allowed to say stupid from the pulpit? Okay, yeah. All right. Um, but all with the goal to present who Christ is. They had heard the name Jesus. They didn't have any idea of who he was, why he came, They'd even heard that he had died on the cross. No idea what that even meant. Um, they just, a guy named Jesus came, he died. That's all I kind of knew. No idea what the significance of that is. And so we began uh, the chronological Bible teaching in January of 2021. So um, it's about four months we start creation and work our way through Christ, the promised Redeemer. Throughout the Old Testament of stories of sin requires a payment, which was an Old Testament blood sacrifice, but that was just a temporary covering. Working our way up through, there is one day going to be a promised, perfect uh, Redeemer whose blood is going to take away the sin of all. And so, um, you know, I remember the first time that we, I mean, if you can imagine, okay, I, I don't know how many of you are church, unchurched, new Christians, baby, uh, you know, seasoned Christians, I won't say 
elderly or old Christians, just seasoned Christians. Um, you kind of heard who Jesus was. You had the idea who Jesus was. And so when you heard you know, the story of John the Baptist and saying, you know, behold, when John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. I grew up in the church. I kind of took that verse kind of for granted. But walking these people who had never heard any of this and no concept of Jesus being the Lamb of God. I remember we were teaching that lesson for the first time, and here's John the Baptist, and these people are hearing all this for the very first time. And then, you know, kind of like much of us do in churches, like even lessons, they're kind of like looking down. They weren't playing with their phones. They didn't really have any. So, but whatever they were doing. And um, we're talking about John the Baptist, and John the Baptist looks up. He sees Jesus, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Their eyes went, and it, it clicked. For the first time, it's like, okay, like now it's making sense. And I think for us growing up in the church, we kind of, okay, yeah, we know John the Baptist, okay, Jesus, he's going to die. And um, for the first time of a people group ever hearing this and kind of tracking just like, like, you know, never hearing before, and all of a sudden, here's the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sins of the world. Um, it was incredible to be part of. The birth of the church, we taught for four months. Had presented the gospel in April of 2021. That was the birth of the Dem Church. Um, and the teaching, like I said, is about four months um, from creation to Christ. For four months, we had about 500 people come every day, five days a week. Um, there's no cars. There's no Ubers. There's no horses to hop on to come. Um, they hiked for hours. Many people hiked for hours in the rain um, to come and listen to God's word being taught for the first time in their language. And we'll kind of talk a little bit later about how precious God's word is and how we take it for granted. I know I do. And um, so then, yeah, so then we printed in the gospel the last couple of years. It's just been discipling, translating God's word, teaching through different books. Right now, our coworkers that are in the tribe, they're teaching through the book of Acts. And so with the book of Acts, you know, it's the Holy Spirit and baptism and things like that. So the past couple of months, we've had a huge um, group of people that want to be baptized, about 300 plus people that want to be baptized. And our coworkers have been slowly meeting with all of these people and kind of getting testimony, making sure their understanding of the gospel is clear. About half of those people have been baptized. And we actually had a picture at the end of kind of like the baptism site. Pretty awesome picture. But that's kind of like who we are in a nutshell. And um, a quick video real quick. I forgot to preface the first service. Uh, I did say this the last time we were here. Um, if you see a picture of a tribal person and they look miserable, they actually aren't. They love to laugh, joke. Um, really, f they love to laugh. And as soon as you pull a camera to take a picture, then they look like this. They look angry, like, like they hate the world. And then as soon as you take a picture away, then they smile again. So they may look miserable, but I promise you they're like laughing right before, and then they laugh right after. They just don't like to smile in the picture. So, um, But yeah, I can cue the video, and then I'll be back. Need me 
to build a temple knowing that you love him still like Israel on the shore all I see is crashing waves but like Israel on the shore through the wild you make a way I will go where you go I will stay where you stay
That's just a real quick. Oh. <coughs> That's just a real quick kind of visualization to see where we live. And um, did anybody notice the sweatshirt that some I was wearing? Okay, Jesus, Jesus saves yens. Um, you didn't know you were involved in seeing little yens or disciples across the world, did you? In the middle of the jungle. Um, every time I show that video someplace else, like, what does that mean, yens? Like, it's a Pittsburgh thing. So. But uh, the last time we showed that video, we had a testimony of a, of a new believer named Tone in that video, for those of you who were here. And uh, in Tone's testimony, he just talked about how the them were once a people that were in the darkness, that they were going throughout their lives um, on, this, on these trails that were all dark, and they didn't know the one true trail to Yahweh, that led to Yahweh. And uh, now that they had heard the gospel, now that they heard the gospel, they believed it, they accepted it, that now that that trail, that one true trail to Yahweh, now that trail was clear and they could see and they're no longer in the darkness. We talked about in First Peter how God has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And uh, we have a couple more testimonies that we'll see um, in a few minutes, but um, I don't know any of you, really. And um, so I don't know where you are on your spiritual walk, your spiritual journey. But um, Jesus as Pastor Ken is, is in the series of Jesus is. Jesus is precious. God's word is precious. And, uh, and God is good. And I just want to, we're going to look um, in Luke chapter 8, verses 4. But uh, I just want to kind of challenge us all that the gospel is good news, no matter what. And that God's word will go forth. And in a time in our lives, or time in the history of the world, I really feel like, that there's more distractions than there ever was. There's always distractions. We have a phone in front of uh, at our fingertips, literally, and we can see, check, read anything that we ever want to. We come to church and we're listening a little bit, but you know, our minds are on the shopping list, or the fin- uh, March Madness is going on, or I know Steelers season isn't right now, so and the Penguins stunk last night. So, <laughs> so our minds are kind of all over the place, um, and it's a time of distractions, but. We're called to be listeners and good hearers of the word. And um, in the testimony that tone that we saw last time and the testimony that you'll hear, it's, it's hearing God's word and having a mindset of being a good listener and to being ready to listen. Everybody hear me? To listen. It's not about what I say. It's about what God has to say. And that's what throughout this whole time that we've taught with the dem people, we kept we kept hitting over, over and over again. These are not our words. This is what God has for all people. Now, you, we all have a choice. We can listen or not listen. We can say we listened, but not really listen. I think, um, you know, those of you who have uh, boyfriends or girlfriends or spouses, you know how that works. Like, are you listening, honey? Yeah, I'm listening. But are you really listening? Are you really hearing? It's okay. You can laugh. It's, we, we all do it. Um, I'm, I'm still learning, learning every day um, to actually listen. But God's word is powerful, and it's going to go forth. And we are called to be preachers of the word, but we're also called to be good listeners. And that's what we're going to look at real quick today. So Luke chapter 8, it's the parable of the sower. Many of us have heard this many, many times, but uh, we're going to look at it. And I know for myself, I grew up in the church, and I kind of took this parable a different way than um, kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. But I'm going to read it. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, 
A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out, or choked it. And some fell on the good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard it. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a little while, and in time of testing, it fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. In verse 15, And as for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Now let's pray real quick. Father God, I just thank you again for this time. I pray that you would just bless these couple minutes that I have to just kind of share from your word. It's not my own words. It's what Jesus himself said in this parable. And I pray that we would um, have ears to hear. We all have ears on our head. Um, but do we have ears to truly hear um, from your word and to listen this is for myself. Um, we go through life every day just kind of worrying about other things, thinking about other things. Um, and as we're going to just kind of look real quick into this, a different type of soil. What kind of soil is our, is our mind? What kind of attitude do we have when hearing your word? pray you just bless these few minutes, Lord. In your name, amen. So we see Jesus tells a parable that begins, The sower went out to sow his seed. So he is telling a parable about the preaching and hearing of the word of God. The sower is the one who preaches the word. And um, proclaiming the gospel, to be a preacher, to be an evangelist, to be anyone who preaches or tells other people about God, that's very serious. It's not something to take lightly. But it's also very serious to be a good listener. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this parable. This is a parable about hearing and how we respond to preaching. There are four responses to this preaching of the word. Four kinds of soil. What we want to notice especially is that Jesus interprets every one of them explicitly as four ways of hearing the word, and it's all about hearing. So in verse 5, we see the first seed, the word, some of the word, it fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Then Jesus, down below in verse, four, in verse 12, he interprets this as, those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. So that's one kind of hearing. Another kind of hearing we see in verse 6. It says that in verse 6 it says, Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up it withered away because it had no moisture. And in verse 13 Jesus interprets this as, Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have, but they have no firm root. 
They believe for a little while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. That's the second kind of hearing. When, that, when trials come, when other things come along, our faith isn't rooted. And so it's washed away. We hear about different people in the church who have, who have suddenly lost um, a son. Um, is their faith rooted? Because things of the, this world is full of hard times because of sin. Um, is it when your kid gets sick or when you lose that job or when finances are hard, your car breaks down, all these different things, or even in church, um, you're challenged by the word, yep, receive it with joy, you walk out the door and someone cuts you off, and then you're no longer in, walking in that joy. I mean, that's normal. But what is our faith? What is our, what is our, what, what are we rooted in? Are we actually rooted or is it just kind of a surface level? That's what Jesus is talking about here. Then the verse 7 says, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And in verse 14, Jesus interprets this as the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they're choked out with the worries and the riches and pleasures of this life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. That's the third type of hearing. Um, does that sound kind of like the prosperity gospel? If you're not prosperous, if Jesus wants you to do this, Jesus wants this for your life, he wants plans of good, which are true, but is that what it's rooted in? And when I don't get those things, am I chasing them? Okay, yes, I believe what God said. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe his word is true, is precious. However, I need to do my own thing, and it kind of gets choked out by my own desires or by my own, whatever, temptations that may come into our lives, and it's kind of choked out by the weeds, and the gospel is choked out, and it's not rooted. It doesn't have a good root in our in our souls, in our, in our hearts. So that's a different kind of hearing that Jesus is talking about. And then finally in verse 8, other seed fell into good soil, and it grew up, and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. And in 15, Jesus says, but the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word and are honest and good heart, and they hold it fast, and they bear fruit with perseverance. That's a fourth kind of hearing. And, um, you know, missionaries always have to have stories, right? So we were teaching this um, lesson to the Dem people. And, uh, you know, this is New Testament. So lots of Old Testament things, even things in the New Testament, with an unreached people group who literally live in the jungles. Um, we had to give a lot of context to different stories. You know, tabernacles, lamb. They've never seen a lamb or a sheep or a donkey. or All these things were kind of giving lots of context to kind of paint the picture of what we're trying to get at. When it came to soils, we didn't have to paint any picture. They live off of the land. So they know all about soil, good soil, bad soil, rocky soil, soil that has wheat, oh, not wheat, weeds, and um, you know, just natural irrigation and things like that. So when we taught this lesson, we brought in four different buckets, you know, representing the four different types of soil. So we taught the lesson, and um, after the lesson was over, a guy came and he said, hey, Jad, I, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. Now, the Dem are just like every other humans in the, on planet Earth. Um, kind of always wanting and asking for things, you know, kind of like children do, you know, and myself, you know, we ask for things. And so they kind of use different occasions to kind of get something that they might want, whether it be salt or whatever, whatever it may be. Hey, Jay, your generator isn't working very well, so you should just give me the generator and buy yourself a new one. And it's like, well... That doesn't work because you wouldn't even know we don't have gas. It's just things like that. So here we're teaching this lesson. We have the four different types of soil out there. And um, the guy said, I would talk with you. He says, I had a dream last night. 
okay. And dreams mean a, a lot to the dem. Um, it's how spirits would talk to them. It's how things would be made clear to them. Um, now that they have the gospel, we're working through that. You know, sometimes dreams are just dreams, but God does work through dreams. But you said a dream last night, and you and your wife were there, and you had this can or something, and it had all this black stuff, and it was really dark black stuff, and it looked like coffee. And so, oh, he's going to use the parable of the sower to ask for coffee from me. And, um, you know, God forgive me because I was assuming, which we shouldn't assume. And so I had a, a bad attitude. Not bad attitude. I was just like, okay, get to asking him for coffee. But he wasn't. He wasn't asking for coffee. He said, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was coffee. And then when you guys walked up and you brought the four different types of dirt, and I saw that really, really black dirt, and uh, now I know what that was in my dream. And he said, I want my mind. I want my, my insides to be like that black dirt. This is before we presented the gospel. We were teaching for a few months. We hadn't gotten to Christ's death, burial, resurrection. And uh, he's, I want my mind and my soul to be like that black dirt. I want to be able to listen, listen really good to what you're going to say. He continued to come, and uh, he's a believer. He's been baptized. And uh, just to see the Holy Spirit was working, you know, through a dream. And here, in my sinful, stubborn stupidness, um, here I thought he was going to ask for coffee, and God was working in his mind just to have a dream about this black substance that he didn't know what it was. But it was really cool to be part of it and to see that the Holy Spirit was working. But he had the mindset of he wanted his, his mind and his heart to be like that black soil. And Jesus, um, in verse 18, his final point that he touches on here about being a good hearer or a listener. In verse 18 it says, So, and when he says so here, it's basically, okay, so therefore the conclusion of what I'm saying is this. Take care of how you listen. I'll read the whole verse. Take care of how. Take care then of how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. But we see Jesus' conclusion of what I'm saying is, is so this. Um, take care of how you hear. Take care of how you listen. As I said, preaching, um, telling others about Jesus is not something we take for granted or take lightly. It's, it's, it's words of life. But I think we kind of don't think about the flip side of that, of being a good listener. Um, when God's word goes forth, do we have hearts, do we have minds ready to accept it, ready to really think about what we're hearing, or are we just kind of going through the motions of showing up to church, doing our thing, and then getting out of here? I'm guilty of it myself, so I'm, I'm preaching to myself. So we see that Jesus here is not talking about, the point is not talking about take heed on how you preach. It's taking heed on how you hear and how you listen. God's word is precious, and we should cherish having it in our language, and millions do not have a single word in their language still to this day. Along those lines, we're going to get ready to do two testimonies here. And... Um, I'm going to kind of give some background information on these two people. The first is a lady named Jodogal. And uh, she's a single lady. She loves the Lord. She loves uh, scripture. She loves just talking about God. But she's a single lady, and in the culture, um, women are looked down like they don't have high status. They wouldn't feel comfortable speaking in front of, you know, a bunch of men because they're just, they don't have high status. And when she was going through the lessons and going through you know, the gospel and all these things. She can retell all the stories better than we can, and we're the ones teaching them. Um, I have to look at my notes and think she can just retell all of the stories. 
And people kind of knew this. They knew that Jodogal, she can retell the stories and she can explain things better than we can because it's their language, um, better than the missionaries even could. So people would ask her to come tell them, hey, can you come just like, can you just clear up some of this stuff or that lesson today or yesterday? I don't quite understand it. Can you come? And she's like, no, I can't do that. I'm not a missionary. I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm just nobody. So she started kind of her own little like discipleship program where she would meet with some teenage girls once a week, um, go to the teaching building, look at the pictures, and she was just discipling these young girls. And more and more people heard about this and were kind of like sitting from a distance. They asked her to come to their house, her house at night, their house at night, and just kind of go over things. And you know, they don't have, we don't have child care, you know, we don't have a, ba- you know, uh, sign your kids in down below and drop them off when we had the lesson. So, you know, there's moms with m- multiple kids and there's dogs barking. So they, they don't catch everything. They miss a lot of the lesson. And so she would go and meet with these people and just kind of clear things up. And so um, she's, that's what she does a, a, a lot. She goes around um, whenever she kind of has free time and just clearing up some of the lessons, talking about the lessons, about what Jesus has done for us, and uh, basically sharing the gospel on her own. And that's the first testimony that you're going to hear. And then the second testimony is a man named Enden, and he is what we would call a witch doctor. He's the last remaining alive uh, who people would consider a witch doctor. He was one where if someone was sick, um, something was going on, they would go and get Enden, bring him in. He would do different incantations. He would uh, talk to the spirits, do different rituals to kind of get the sickness out of people and whatnot. And um, he loves, loves the Bible stories. He loves what God has done to him, done for him. And um, you'll hear in his testimony, um, there's something that he talks about in his testimony about how powerful the gospel is and what being a good listener, being someone who is listening and hearing what God has done for them, what the, what the gospel went forth and how he listened and what it did to him. He basically, in his testimony, you'll see, he took it as what God physically did something to him so that he would be able to hear God's word well. And then right after that, um, if we have two people to pass out, um, I have some things I'm going to pass out, and we'll talk about that. But we'll cue the, uh, the two testimony videos. Mm. 
Praise the Lord. Oh, those verses are right there. Sorry, they're strips, yeah. Um, as the, the men pass out these uh, little strips of Bible verses, we'll all kind of explain what that is. But, um, yeah, those two testimonies, uh, there was a lot longer. I just kind of had to pick some good stuff out of there, but it's pretty good. And um, Endon, I'll just touch on Endon's testimony there. You know, when he was giving his testimony... He had never heard this verse I'm getting ready to read, but I want to read this verse. I want you to, you tell me if you think it kind of sounds uh, what the Word of God says. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is living and active and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Does that sound like what he said? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, I, first time I heard that, I thought it's crazy. 
and he's literally saying in his testimony that the word that God took an axe, not literally, obviously, split his body in, into two, laid it, laid it apart so that the, his word could enter and that he could accept it and believe it well. And that's what the Bible says in Hebrews. It says the word of God is living and is active, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing. And here we have a guy named Testimony basically saying the same thing. thought that was amazing. Um, and then with Jodagal's testimony, there's a lot we could say about Jodagal. She truly loves the Lord. Like she said in her testimony, she has a lot of family that has moved out to town a long time ago, and they're constantly wanting her to come live with them. Um, she's even had relatives die, and they it's very cultural that you are supposed to be there. I mean, it's any culture. You should be there for a funeral. And she, at the time when her, I think it was her uncle had died, it was a very important part of the gospel presentation. And she said, I'm sorry, I'm not going. Um, and she even says, like, what kind of talk is out there? It's just random talk. This world is full of random talk. There's only one true talk, and that's here. And I'm not going anywhere. She wanted, she had the mindset. She had that good soil that she wanted to listen and take heed of whatever she was listening to and hearing it. And uh, so, yeah, the little strips that I just pa- we just passed out, it's Genesis 1-1, as it says, um, in the dim language. When we were going through all the lessons, uh, each day we had a lesson. If we had a certain verse that we were going to kind of hit on, we'd cut these little strips out and pass them out to the people who went through the literacy class just so they could kind of follow along. So obviously Genesis 1-1 was way back in the very beginning of, of our four months of teaching. But uh, my wife took this picture, and it's like our, our favorite picture. <laughs> It's God's word in the them people's hands and in their language. Um, God's word is precious treasure. And I think, I know, not I think, I know that we take it for granted. I know I take it for granted. Psalms 119 verses 162 says, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great treasure. Or some versions say a spoil, which a spoil is a treasure that was taken during a war, but... I rejoice at your word like one who finds a great treasure. And that's what it is. Jesus is precious. He is a treasure. His word is precious. And I think that we take it so for granted having God's word in our language. And um, I just want to challenge us to, to have a mindset and to have, as the, as the dim people say, an, an inside um, our minds and our insides ready to hear God's word and to believe God's word and to have that good soil. And so with these little verses, um, it's just I, I wanted to, to pass them out just for two reasons. One, to be reminded how precious God's word is and that you can see it in a different language and be thankful that we have, you know, a whole book, the whole wor- story from the beginning to the end in our language that we don't, we don't read that we take for granted. And uh, with these strips of paper, I don't know if I shared this over the summer, but um, so when we're teaching the lessons every day, like I said, we pass out these strips of different verses. One day we came out of the teaching building and uh, in the, on the ground there was one of these strips. It wasn't this verse. I don't remember what verse it was, but it was a strip of verse that was on the ground. It was all muddy. Someone had stepped on it. And so I picked it up because I was going to throw it away. It's, it's muddy. And as I'm picking it up, I, I go to ball it up, and a little old lady said to me, she said, Jay, what are you doing? 
Um, I said, well, it's trash. It's all money. He said, God's word is not trash. <clears throat> and uh, talk about humble um, truth bomb. <laughs> um, she takes that little strip of paper. She puts it out on, a, on the ground. She smooths it out, smooths it out. She puts it in the sun to dry. It's got mud stains on it from being dirty. And she's like, you know, that's God's word. It's not trash. <clears throat> and how we take this for granted. Here I am. I'm the missionary. And I'm getting ready to throw away a strip of God's word. And these tribal people, they've never had God's word in their language. And so it is a treasure to them. And they are hungry for it. And since the past couple of months, our coworkers have translated different portions of scripture and we pass it out. And I, I promise you, those little booklets of different chapters of the Bible will get read and turned until they're falling apart. And then they'll ask for another one. We take for granted having this. I know I have my whole life. I've had it in how many different versions on every shelf and wherever we want, we can read it. On our phones, we can read it. And to them, God's word is precious. And um, Jesus is precious. So that's just my challenge to you. Just that one that you would keep that little strip wherever you want and just remember that God's word is precious, that Jesus is precious. And number two, if you see it, just to pray for the Dems. Um, they are hungry for God's word. They desire to know God's word. They desire to walk, casting out their old thoughts of following spirits and appeasing different things and just following the one true Yahweh, the one path. And, uh, but it, life is hard and there's temptations and whatnot and they want to do evangelism to other tribe, to other uh, hamlets of the dem who haven't heard yet. And so just if you see that, remember Jesus is precious, his word is precious, and then pray for the dem. That's just my challenge. Um, I'm going to close with a quote here. Um, it's, from a, it's from John Piper. And I just, I love this quote. Christ did not die to forgive sinners who go on trespassing. Trespassing. Let's rewind that. Christ did not die to forgive sinners who go on treasuring anything above seeing and savoring God. And people who would be happy in heaven if Christ were not there. The gospel is not a way to get people to heaven. It is a way to get people to God. It's a way of overcoming every obstacle to everlasting joy in God. And if we don't want God above all things, then we have not been converted by the gospel. And I remember reading a book years ago, God is the Gospel by John Piper. And he talks about this, this aspect of if you were promised heaven and all the glory of heaven is no sin no pain no suffering no tears all the good things streets of gold a mansion all these things but no god no jesus would you still want to go there i mean reading that going wow that's never thinking about that and so i mean this quote goes the gospel is not a way to get people to heaven it's not about getting to heaven it's about becoming connected to god and um and having that mindset, and we can be closer to God. We can know who God is by listening to his word, by reading his word, and to having good soil for his word to penetrate into. And that's just my challenge today. Um, I ask, ask for your forgiveness. We didn't bring enough prayer cards, and so I think we ran out of prayer cards, and uh, we will send some to the church. We brought some, but they're all, I think, gone. If, um, but we will send some 
if you guys want to email us or whatnot. But yeah, thank you, and I'll, I'll close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day again. Um, I thank you that you allow someone very inadequate as myself um, to be part of your work. You allow our family to see things that are miracles, to witness miracles as people groups that were enslaved in darkness and fear of spirit. Um, now know the true talk. I pray you would forgive us all for not treasuring your word um, the way it's meant to be. You look throughout all the centuries of people on this earth, people who have died for your word. And, uh, and we take it for granted. We don't treasure your word. I thank you that now our dim brothers and sisters, that they are starting to have some portions of scripture in their language and that they are treasuring it. And that we would see that and that we would be challenged in our own faith. And as we look, as we just looked in this parable, Lord, it's not about, it's not about what we can do or what we can preach or what I can say. Um, you know how inadequate I am and yet you allow me to just share what you're doing and what you're challenging me with. And I pray that we would all have good soil, that we would not be choked out by things of the world that we wouldn't be persuaded by things of the world and mix it in with the gospel, but that your gospel is clear and is perfect just the way that it is and that it's the only way to salvation. Um, and I pray that we would just have that mindset of being good listeners and followers of you. And amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Jay this morning. I don't know about you, but I've been moved this morning as I've heard this second time this morning and just so powerful, God's word is not trash. Like when he said that, it just about knocked me over. I don't know what it did to you, but it knocked me over. How many times do we truly, Jesus is precious, but how many times do we ignore him? How many times do we walk away? How many times do we say that baseball's more important than Jesus? Oh, God, forgive us. I want to encourage you. Let's take these home and let's pray. Pray for the tribe. Pray for the Dem tribe. God's doing a powerful work. The, the videos, the pictures that you've seen, the, meet this wonderful family who's given their life to go over there and the tremendous sacrifice. Uh, they're, they're giving God's word. and let, Let's do the same here in our community. Let's go out and give God's word. And, and I ask you today, how's the soil of your heart? Like Jay's been asking you all morning, how's the soil? God's speaking to us. How are we listening? We're a church that's strong on the word. How's your heart? I think God's moving today, and however God's going to choose to move, we're going to let him move. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, if you would also like to, like to help support them, you know, they have a lot of expenses, as you can imagine. We support them. They're on our birthday gift to Jesus. And we're, 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 I told him if he ever has a need, I want him to call her. Not that we can always meet it, but I want to call, and we're going to throw that out to you to be able to help. So I want to encourage you, if you'd like to help them today, take, the, uh, there's, take one of the offering envelopes out of the seat back in front of you, and you can just put your gift in there, make it out to the church, and uh, just write on the envelope, J. Stokes, all right? Missionary J. Stokes. And, uh, and put it in the offering boxes, and we will everything that you give to, to J. will go to their family. 
They've got to buy airplane tickets to get back. They've got all kind of things that they need to expenses to get back over there and uh, and ongoing expenses. So let's just close in prayer. And uh, and then I'm going to ask Jay and Brianna after I close in prayer, if you guys will go back to the foyer so that everybody can meet you. I know they're going to want to greet you. Okay. Our Father and our God, we come before you, and I just thank you for this wonderful time we've had. God, I am uh, I'm moved so mightily by your word, God. You're, you have spoken to us. Lord, your word has spoken to me this morning. It's spoken to every one of us as we sit here and we say, how are we listening? How do we hear? God, like the, uh, the man in the tribe who said, oh, I just, want my, I just want to have a heart of soil so that the word can grow in my heart. Lord, I pray for someone here that need, needs some weeding. And God, you've got to pull the weeds out of our life. You've got to do this, Lord. We ask you to make our hearts this type of soil. God, I pray for Jay and Brianna. I thank you so much for what you've done in their life. I thank you for their obedience to you, Lord. They, they just surrendered to a call. You put it on their hearts. They didn't even think they would be down in the depths of the tribe. And you kept tugging on them, and you just took them all the way from a comfortable life here all the way to a most uncomfortable life. And God, as they, uh, as they are going out and to, to do this work, Lord, uh, there's so many challenges. Lord, they're, they're, they're going to be heading back in just a few weeks here, and they're going to be going back to looking and uh, working hard again just to prepare food again working hard to find food, working hard to, to figure out how we're going to live and just function day to day and how we're going to take the gospel of Jesus out. So, Lord, I pray for Jay and Brianna, their wonderful children, Lord, for all three of their children. God, I lift this family up to you, and we thank you that we could be a small part of this ministry, Lord. You have started a work in the, in the hillsides and the, in the mountainsides of, of the Dem tribe, and they're going now, and they're going to reach other tribes. And God, this is how it works. And we're so thankful, Lord, for the lady we saw on there. She's making disciples. She, it was just natural. They didn't tell her to go do it. She just went around because the joy of the Lord. She said, I've got something. I got the God talk. I got the creator talk. Look what he did. And so, God, I pray you'll do the same in all of us. We have the God talk. We got the creator talk. Lord, there's so much nonsense in our town. Let us take the God talk and change people's lives. God, we ask that you'll do this for your honor and glory, and we will bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed. And as we are dismissed, the, the band is going to sing the closing song as you're dismissed. God bless you, and have a great weekend. We'll have our Easter egg hunt meeting in here in 10 minutes. God bless.